0: Some Man City fan apparently slugged him
1: Oh, I like Jeremy Shit, you're old It was a direct attack at you Like, you look every bit 30, huh?
0: He'll be killed by a number of men in the dugout
1: Watch, watch, rumbles on Pina Colada, large one yes coming in lukewarm this morning uh we're doing an early morning session and because of that your potentially alcoholic regular host hasn't been able to make it this morning so i'm filling in again uh we've got barney how are you going this morning nice and fresh
2: Yeah, as fresh as can be you might want to chuck an allegedly in front of that uh, uh, yeah that my accusation. bad yeah. just illegal sure. to get in
1: trouble with yeah exactly, fair, sure. allegedly uh Jobo, what about yourself
0: I always get introduced first, and there's a good reason for it, so um, I was I was all right, but now I'm slightly on the back foot with this new introductory sort of way we're doing things.
1: Oh, good. Well, Sam and I were both uh, still waking up a little bit, so I think we're all on an even footing now, so Barney, why don't you take us into the weekly happenings? It looks like we've got quite a list there, so I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, it's pretty busy this week. So
2: we'll start off in Roma, where apparently Mourinho is already at risk of getting getting the sack six months into his new job. So Roma had a good start to the season. I think they went four or five in a row uh, wins, and then they uh, reality hit and they are uh, not sitting in too good a position. I think they're about sixth or seventh at the moment in the Italian league. They've lost a fair few games their performances aren't good Um, and apparently Mourinho has now had to have a meeting with their billionaire owner Dan Friedkins after their worst start in 43 years so nine losses out of 21 games he has said he won't sack him yet but it it won't be too much longer if that continues
1: yeah, so say this sort of plays out, and he gets you know asked to step down or leave or however they they do it these days. So if you're in Reno, does does he get another job or do you just just call it just retire? Because it seems like at every you know he's sort of on that he's been on the decline for a while, but it seems like he just can't make any club work, Jubba.
0: There's a new there's a new money club in town who uh, currently oh, have Eddie Howe. Maybe yeah. Newcastle, maybe like he's got a bit of, but I, I don't know. I feel like he might have to move into international management now. Cause that's, that's um what three, four clubs in a row where he's burnt it. Like it, it's like the Mourinho yeah. effects happens like even faster now, but Barney, yeah. just on, just on your point from Dan Freeman, worst start in however many years. At what point is it just the season? And when does the start end? Cause you're 21 games in, like the season's well and truly started now. We're like right in the guts of it. So is it, like because I remember they started quite strongly, but they've had some poor results lately against Inter, Juve, but then they hammered Atalanta. So like, I don't know. I suppose it's just a, it's just a bit of a lull, really. Not a bad start.
1: No, it's just that's just how you're able to. It's you twist a narrative with statistics these days. It's so easy to do. Barney. Yeah. <laughs> so we Sorry, make Sean no, 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 sound like an alcoholic.
2: <laughs> yeah. Allegedly. Yeah. Alrighty. Uh, we all know afcon has been going on. It's been. Uh, Pretty good so far. There have been some absolute worldies of, of some goals there. there have been some unreal goals. But we want to talk about the drama. Now, there's always drama associated with these big tournaments. But this one could be one of the best I've ever ever heard. So we're talking the game between Tunisia and Mali. Now, uh, uh, Mali were up 1-0 in the 85th minute. And the referee, who is apparently from Zambia... Has thought, Nah, I've had enough. It's, uh, the game's over. So he's going to blow – he sort of half blew the whistle at 80, the 85th minute to, to, for full-time and then had a check again and was like, oh, it might be a little bit early. And then – so they kept playing the game. He, he resumed playing. It kept going. And then the 89th minute, he blew the full-time whistle and that was the end of the match. And the whole Tunisia bench just clears they all charge the ref and they're just like, what's going on? Like pointing at their watch, yelling at him, pointing at his <laughs> watch, and then he wouldn't listen to him. So they go to the to the, the linesman and they're like pointing at their watch and he wouldn't listen to him either. I, I I thought the Mali the Mali uh guys played it off very well because they were just casually walking around like, yeah, good win. Just get off good the win. Field. <laughs> like Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. Knew, they knew what was going on, but didn't didn't get involved at all. So it this all goes on. Um the game ends, they go off the field after 10 minutes of arguments and uh, and the referee's literally getting escorted off by a security team, gets to the post-match interview. The Tunisia coach is about five minutes into his post-match interview. This is about half an hour after the game. And the officials come in and say they're going to play the last three minutes. They're going to resume the match. And I didn't say that bit. The last three minutes. Yeah. So, and then he... Spat it, refused to come back out. His players refused to come back out. And so I believe officially Marley won the game on a forfeit, 3-0. They
1: got an extra two goals out of it. Nice. Yeah. So
2: he he was saying, the coach was saying that um, the players were already taking uh, like ice bars and and, I think the word he used is they they had already deconcentrated. Yep. So so they uh, they like the (laughs) last 10.
0: Yeah, patent pending.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So unreal, unreal scenes. And... I don't
1: know about you, boys, but this this has to be uh, a rort, right? This has to be... Yeah, it's so dodgy because apparently there was... I didn't watch the whole game, uh, but apparently there was two quite lengthy VAR checks in the match too, which took up like seven or eight minutes total. So the, the people were like, you can't cut the game 10 seconds early after trying to do it five minutes early when there should have been like six minutes of stoppage time anyway.
2: I believe I he think, also got yeah. asked to go look at a penalty on VAR and he refused to go look. He just straight up said, no, I'm not going to look. We've, oh, no, look we've been complaining
0: referees don't make <laughs> enough decisions in the end of the moment. Now we're going to jump on his back. He's made three yeah. critical decisions. One, not looking at the pen. Two, being brave enough to call the game off in the 85th minute. <laughs> <laughs> and three, doing it again in the end. You don't it's, see that
1: enough these days. It's no, good to no. see.
0: No, like, just sometimes I watch games and I'm like, God, I wish the referee would just called this early. Um, yeah, better as yeah, a United but, supporter. When
1: do you score your goals then?
0: Yeah, Barney, I've got to – I want to err on the side of caution here because this does seem like – it almost appears to be allegedly corruption in, like, plain sight. Like, it just – like, the, I understand, like, you get some dodgy decisions and stuff, but the clock seems something you can't really argue with. Like there's no, the clock doesn't really lie,
1: especially with four people like tracking it. Like there's the yeah. referee <laughs> and, and like the VAR people, the assistant,
0: the rest of the world watching a clock yeah. in the corner <laughs> in every game. Like it's kind of hard to pull the wool over people's eyes on this one. It's, Fair it, play it, for trying. It, yeah, it's it's concerning.
2: You can yeah. barely you can barely do that in a casual Sunday league game, but then yeah. trying to do it in an international football tournament is. Insane. Insane. Have you seen the
1: um like the memes where it's like the, the text from the girl it's like come over and he's like I can't I'm refereeing it's like my parents are, are out and he's like calls it at eighty fifth minute and runs off.
0: <laughs> Actually, one last thing about the Afcon. So obviously, um, the pictures are disgraceful. But have you seen Sadio Mane's new boots?
1: I haven't. No.
0: no. Oh, do yourself a favor. What are they They're so oh, have slick? Google now.
2: Yeah, have a look at him. Is he going to bring it back to Liverpool?
0: I don't know what he's going to bring back from Liverpool. I'm assuming it'll probably be COVID, to be honest. Um, and whatever else happens at AFCON stays on AFCON.
1: <laughs> Are they the New <laughs> Balance ones, those red ones?
0: Yeah, I think so, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, I can see them. Yeah, they're, they're nice. Not bad. I'll have to, look I'll to put a picture of them up on the socials.
2: All righty. Now, this That's this is, gonna re- is this next podcast. one here is going to require a bit of a... Uh, a bit of work from you boys. So I know none of you read the running order in full, and you don't go through it in depth. So if you want to start scrolling to the right on your respective running orders, you'll see a little uh, screenshot I've dropped in of a transfer
1: announcement. Yes, I do see this. Now this That's is not, a, not in English.
2: Possibly <laughs> the greatest transfer announcement <laughs> it's ever it's ever been done. So I'm going to have a crack at this one. FC. Yeah, yeah. Moretz Odessa, sorry, that's a full name, Schoenmeretz-Odessa, uh, announced the signing of Douglas Berkvist. Uh, basically, they've got a picture of his old, his old signing picture and just MS painted their own strip over his in the picture uh, and then just chucked it up on their socials, and that's and that's how they've announced the signing. And then someone actually translated the uh, – sorry, can, um, yeah, translated into English the – Announced the text in the post as well. Now, this could be completely inaccurate, but this is way funnier, if it, either way. So, apparently, it says Swede Douglas Berkvist was discovered in Turkish team, four consonants in a row. This is the way to, to success for every football commentator. Douglas moved to Schermerets from Kalmar FF. Brackets, squid in Ukrainian. Game is on. Red, stop. Green, also stop. Black and blue, move on.
0: <laughs> I sounds like a loose translation,
1: but I get the gist
0: <laughs> what's, the, what's the four consonants in a row? I don't know It's in the I was name, isn't it. it? No, I was looking at it then, where are they? They're not there I don't oh, know
1: Maybe they get lost in the translation to a more uh, English style of, of saying the name Yeah There's, only, there's four, It's there's an <laughs> R, a G, a V, a Q and a V
0: Oh yeah, there it is, yeah, four There conson- it is, that's yeah. how you know Crack the code
1: he's a, Yeah, he's a good footballer I've got to keep an eye for that one
2: but no, un, un, unreal announcement. And uh, I hope more teams
1: actually start announcing him with MS Paint. We defi- yeah, we definitely need to put a picture of this one on the socials for people to see there because that's an absolute shocker. I think you see all the time, we you know, when there's like, r- like rumor, transfer rumor talk and stuff and you see the internet sleuths doing their like Photoshop jobs of like Aguero's head in a Barcelona shirt and it looks really good. Just get some like random obsessed fan to do that for you. It's a much better job than this. It's crap. Yeah, I, I didn't know, this, even This one that.
0: stands out for me. This one, this one hits oh, up yeah. for me. Oh, like, yeah. But... yeah.
1: It's at the other end of the
2: scale where it's so bad, it's actually good again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's yeah, like Dog point
0: or Do- point. Do- Doge Doge.
2: point. That's Watford's major sponsor, mate. Yeah. And your main All source of income. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the transfer news. So we had some big, big movements. So we had uh, Lorenzo Insigne moved to Toronto FC from Napoli, which is... A pretty big move because I reckon he still could have done a decent job for a a lot of teams in Europe. So it's a big get for uh, Toronto FC. And apparently the president of the club said, I actually went on to transfer market website and looked up the Italian national team on what players were coming out of contract. I started writing down players that I thought were world-class that I thought would have commercial value in this market.
1: Wait, that kind of contradicts itself though. If you're going on transfer, what was it, market or something. yeah. Yeah. Just like, seems like a bit of a uh, marketplace, like eBay type thing for, uh, for transfers of for players. And then you're saying that you're looking for players. You thought I'd imagine if you're looking on that website, you maybe don't know what the world-class players are necessarily. Have you, have you been on that website? No, I haven't. It's just like, it's just like
2: a valuation website for players around the world. It's not like an actual, it's like, Who's you, can, available? You, can, you
1: can go onto it. I can go onto it. Like, no, anyone, no, of course. I shouldn't access that, it. it. It's the internet, but um yeah, hey, that's interesting. So, so but that, that's what I mean. Like, he didn't have that player or any players similarly in mind. He's just like, let's just go see what's out there, and I'll I'll just make a short list and grab whoever I can.
0: I reckon, that, I, I reckon that part of the story is a load of crap from him, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> nah, uh, so, like, cast your mind back to the Euros. He was close to the Player of the Tournament with the Euros. Like, he, was, he, yeah, he was good, up echelon. Like, I I agree. It's crazy because it's, it feels like he's still got a few years left in his career. But he's a very um, a proud Napoli. Man, so I wonder if he's like, well, I don't want to play for anyone else in a real league. Yeah, go get I'll go to the in the America. The other thing that's interesting about this is Toronto is home to the fourth largest population of people of Italian descent in the world, outside of Italy. Oh, really? So it's very much a commercially driven decision, I think. Obviously, he's in, like they've lucked in yeah, as to how good smart. he is. But um, yeah, it's very much a commercially driven decision. So it's big times in Toronto. Bigger than Beckham, a- Out maybe.
1: of interest, do you know what the other three are?
0: I do Sao Paulo, yeah. Buenos Aires. You know what the other three places are yeah. Melbourne, Sao... no, that's that's intolerant. Um, Sao Paulo, Buenos Aires, <gasps> and New York City.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, that makes sense. Sao Paulo and Buenos Aires, wow, yeah, I would so have thought them, but there you go, there
2: you go. All right, uh, next one here is uh, Philippe Coutinho. We sort of touched on it last week, but that's confirmed. His loan move to Aston Villa is complete. But uh, another one that snuck through was Luca Dean. From Everton to Aston Villa, which is, uh, in my opinion, like a very good get for them and a big loss for Everton. I know he had a bit of a falling out with Rafa, but um, that's really bad for, for Everton. But, yeah, good get for Aston Villa. I think Stevie's pretty keen to throw him straight in the deep end. But did you hear about what Axel Twenzebe's agent said about Stevie G? No. So... Axel Twinzebe was on loan from United at Aston Villa and then recalled from loan and went, got sent out to somewhere in Italy. I can't remember the job you might know.
0: <clears throat>
2: but, I think it was uh, Napoli.
0: A, I think it was Napoli. Yeah, yeah. That's might've.
2: pretty good. He, um, he said that the reason it, uh, Stevie wasn't playing Axel was because of the uh, Liverpool-Manchester United rivalry and that he just couldn't
1: let it go. Yeah, fair. I did the same i him, I'd sh- ship him halfway around the world on loan to just keep him out of the, the bloody club rooms. But, don't but want that no, negative attitude at no, the training ground.
0: He's no threat to you. Like he can't even at the mid at United team. Like just relax. Um, but Barney, I <laughs> yeah. think I'm interested. I'm interested to see how Coutinho goes interested because like I, I don't know if this one's going to work, but if it does work, it could work quite magically. Like if he could be half of what he was at Liverpool um, as like a, a Fulcrum for the attack, he could just be amazing. Luca Dean, I think, is an yeah. excellent signing. And I don't mm. know why Rafa doesn't rate him. I think he's really good. And I also think left back is not the strongest position for Aston Villa. And like just with him on one side and Maddie Cash on the other, like they seem to be putting together like a pretty like a reasonably attacking yeah. sort of fullbacks.
1: Pretty aggressive, like yeah. a sort of squad setup they'll have. Yeah. It'd be good. You pop I'm, Coutinho on at 10. I mean they're
2: I heard some other people talking about like, oh, is Coutinho going to be another like, Hammers Rodriguez? Like, is it, is it not going to, um, is is it will it work out, will it not? But I think like the thing with Coutinho is he was already like a proven world beater in the Premier League when he left, and yeah, he's had a torrid time at Barca. So he's probably not going to be the same player he was when he left, but I think he could still do a job for someone like Aston Villa for sure. And he and you get more out of him than a
1: than a Hammers. Would. He's yeah, only twenty nine as well. Still,
0: yeah, exactly. And his best years were in the Premier League too. Not like Harman, whose yeah. best years were in La Liga or at a World Cup yeah. or something. Like it's not like a flash in the pan. Like he was, he was electric towards the end there. For yeah, the and four he
1: wasn't. He felt like he Seasons had him peaked pan. at that point. He probably had. A, if he stayed no. another season or two, he could have got better and better. I think um, to like a De Bruyne or a like a um, Hazard sort of level. I think as far as like Liverpool were concerned, um, yeah, not why. quite that
0: Bruno Fernandez level, but just below.
1: Oh yeah, did that half season Bruno week? Fernandez had last year. Yeah, that was good. Good consistency. <laughs> yeah. um, did did I, I can't put my finger on like I think he'll do well when he comes back. He seemed to thrive in the Premier League. I don't know what it was for me that like why he didn't succeed at Barca apart from not really playing. But like I felt like he was yeah, and he just didn't click there, did he?
2: They bought him with no clear plan of yeah, how to yeah. actually playing. They just Sorry. like there's like this guy's really good and he's uh, on and we want him. And they got him and they're like, holy shit, does he actually fit our team at all? Probably. Yeah, yeah. Does Classic he even fit
0: passer. our style as yeah. well? Like, and they're obviously so heavily influenced by Messi and that tick attacker. And then they didn't really think about having this, like, Brazilian playmaker come Triple in. Triple A, to yeah. Try to wedge him in there. But no, I think it's really exciting. Like, I'm really excited to see how he links up with um, Buendia, to be honest. Like, mm. those, he, he can be amazing at times as well. So just, I'm really excited to see what they can produce.
1: Yeah, should be good. Stevie G. What's coming up, Stevie?
0: <laughs> yeah, it won't be this weekend, boys, but no. <laughs> take the point.
1: All righty. So,
2: your club's just been taken over and you are now officially the richest club in the world. Who's the first striker you go after? Andy Carroll. That's a good get. Good get. Rubinho at 40, potentially. Yeah, if you're still running around. No, if you're Newcastle, you go for Chris Wood from Burnley.
1: Yeah. The, the B-grade uh, Andy Carroll. The no, right B-grade Ashley Barnes.
0: No, boys, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to jump in. I'm jumping in straight away. I think this is a good signing.
2: No, it, it, no, it sure is. I, 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 I agree it's a good signing. It's just hilarious when you think of like, you know, big clubs who got taken over and like the big moves they made early on and Newcastle have gone and got trippier and Wood which is sensible, but it's completely... Yeah, the other way from what other other big but, takeovers have done yeah it's yeah. weird
0: because someone in a big takeover like i imagine there's like a quiet guy in the corner who's probably like the pele of football analytics who's like oh actually if we want to stay up we probably don't want to sign mbappe straight away um what we need is like <laughs> what we need is players who are going to keep us up and if you look at like chris kieran trippier is an excellent crosser of the ball he's like you know below the Alexander-Arnold tier, obviously. But, like, he's a really good crosser of the ball. And then you sign a massive bloke from New Zealand to come in to get on the end of it. Like, Jolinton is, you know, mixed to maximum. But, like, there seems to be, like, a pretty clear way. Is like, this is how we're going to stay up. It's going to be set pieces and Chris Wood bang it in the back of the net or killing someone on the way through. So, like, I don't know. I thought (laughs) it was a really sensible signing.
1: It is sensible. It's like they've gone and signed um, Jonah Hill from Moneyball and he's just, like, told them, the equivalent of who, or who's got the best stats, who gets on base, who gets it in the net. <laughs> but they, um,
2: I guess the other big side of this as well is that you're weakening a relegation rival in Burnley. Yeah, definitely. And so they've lost their probably, probably their best striker because I would have rated Chris Wood above Ashley Barnes. I know, Josh, you definitely would because you Just based on IQ Barnes.
1: and attitude, yeah.
2: <laughs> but yeah, that, that's a, another big thing in this transfer as well. So yeah, exciting for uh, Newcastle to a degree. Um, All righty. And the last one, he's just a rumor, but apparently Arsenal have that with Tillman's representatives and he could be potentially on the move, in, not necessarily in this window, but in summer apparently.
0: Was that, uh, was that just for him to take the time to tell him he doesn't want to go to Arsenal?
1: <laughs> Specifically, I want to call this media. That's,
0: that's, that's good of him. That's, that's good.
2: This has got as, as much legs as uh, Brendan Rodgers going to Tottenham had over the summer.
1: Oh, great. So we just brush it off. Do we know or where, where or why? It, 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 where we'd like to nah, go don't need or to give the a reason?
2: The reason, reasoning why or when, it's just, it's a rumour. <laughs> they were,
0: were playing Arsenal. It was already at the ground. It just convenient on the way out. It's like, <laughs> oh, it, a long drive but home. It happened. Oh, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it happened.
2: All right, let's get into the games now. Uh, so we had a few games over the week uh, that we just wanted to touch on. So we had some catch-up games in the Premier League. These are from match day 18. So I think the the one of the catch-up games, which was uh Leicester Everton, was it? I think it got cancelled again because of COVID. So that was disappointing. But uh Southampton four, Brentford one, uh good win for Southampton and looking like a much different side than some of the performance they've recently put out. Um and we had West Ham two, Norwich City nil, which this one probably this was like scoreline probably flatters Norwich a bit. Did you guys watch much of this game? That West Ham, I watched the yeah. last sort of half an hour sword. by
1: the time I caught it. Yeah, um, yeah. but no, I, West Ham should I have absolutely
0: battered him here.
1: Yeah, you good job, Go on, horse There you go. Ooh. All right, all right. I'll go there. When do you take <laughs> the it? stale, mate. Um... No, no, <laughs> no, I watched the last half hour and from what I saw of that, it's, it pretty much seemed to sum up the, the overall like sentiment of the game that, yeah, West Ham were uh, pretty dominant. There was like a spell towards the end, probably the last 10 minutes, as is the case when you're up, is the other team. You sort of sit back a little bit. The other team tries to get on top. So Norwich you know, tried their best, but just the quality of their attacks going forward just weren't there. And then late on, uh, West Ham... Grabbed a second, nice little VAR check, which actually the goal was ruled offside initially, and then the VAR said it was onside. Um, but yeah, there was no real sense that the result was going to go any other way, or the West uh, Norwich, sorry, would, would get back into this one. What did you see, Job?
0: Yeah, pretty much same um, electric display from Jared Bowen. He probably could have had three or four or five. I think he hit the crossbar as well to go at these two goals. But like that, and just, the post, and the post, they were just yeah. so much better than Norwich and Norwich. I don't know. I feel like they might they already down at this point. They just showed so little in this yeah. game to suggest anything will be any different. But um yeah, good win for West Ham, keeps them high on the table.
2: That's the problem with Norwich. I feel like nothing's really changed since Daniel farker has gone out. Like I I honestly I don't watch them too often, but like it seems pretty much the same as what it was before he left. So yeah, it's kind of inevitable now. I think they're going they're gonna go to go... They're like almost, in my eyes, the guaranteed ones to go down and then it's a fight between the three above them.
1: Yeah, at least with like uh, Newcastle, for example, you know that they're probably a chance because they've obviously got all this money. They're making signings, making moves. Plus, at times, they've played some better football. Like, they've played some decent football at times versus Norwich. They're just showing nothing all season. So, yeah, they've they got to go.
2: Yeah, I agree. Alrighty, and we had some. Well, we had some postponed EFL Cup uh, semi-final legs, but we had one that went ahead, and that was Chelsea versus Tottenham. So Tottenham lost the first leg two nil, and Chelsea uh, then won the second leg one nil, and uh, that's all we'll talk about that. So let's move on to something else. <laughs> um, I'm right, gonna say need to dissect that at all with really. watching
1: that second leg. Tottenham were a bit, like, obviously, one are 3 0 down it's a, a tough one to come back from, but they almost could have. They just couldn't seem to buy a goal that game. Like, that, some of the chances they had and they missed and that were disallowed and the ones that could have been penalties that weren't, like, the second one that was just outside the box in the end, it was like, man, it just seems like it's not going their way this game. So, unlucky, but, uh, yeah. It's not often you get a goal
2: taken off you for offside when the keeper's not even of that offside
1: yeah it's a rare one I was wondering if if the the VAR officials would pick up on that one but good on them they know the rules yeah Tottenham <laughs> it's t- not
0: AFCON uh, mate relax
2: yeah. <laughs> I know, I know Jubal has some strong words on them but uh yeah Tottenham were pretty poor across both legs and didn't really show too much and and uh yeah pretty disappointing considering it's the semi-final but you know EFL Cup doesn't matter hey eh?
0: Yeah, thanks, Barney, for just bringing that last bit in because they were poor and they didn't deserve to go through. And a lot of Chelsea's goals were given to them by Tottenham too. So just FYI. Yeah,
1: fair. <laughs> um, so that was the semifinal. So Chelsea threw the final now. In the other semifinal, which is currently being played, it's just about half time and it's nil all between Liverpool and Arsenal. And Granit Xhaka got sent off in the 24th minute, as is his <laughs> um, That's mo. So good. And um, so then I think Arsenal are really looking to just get the the draw here at at Liverpool. Um, so they've brought on Rob Holding for Enkedia and uh, Chambers has come on as well. So they've already made two subs. A bit more of a defensive setup from them by the looks of it, um, and it shows with Liverpool having over 80% possession. Uh, but not a lot of chances created. Four shots for Liverpool and only the one for Arsenal. None on target. So, Jeez. yeah, I think it's going to be just like the Liverpool uh, game of attrition where they're just battering Arsenal as they sit deep and you just pray that we can actually finish one off.
2: How happy do you reckon Arteta is that Jacques has got sent off and Thomas Party's off at uh, AFCON? Yeah, wrapped. He'll be, hey, be loving um, that.
1: Yeah. Alrighty.
2: Uh, Let's get into the preview games for this weekend's round of fixtures. So I want to start at a cracker, top of the table clash here. Manchester City versus Chelsea. Jabba, how do you see this one playing out?
0: Hopefully it's nothing like the last time these two teams played. That was really boring, painful to watch. It? Yeah, it's extremely boring. A um, lot of interesting things going on here. Obviously, Manchester City, look, close to unstoppable right now. Um, but also interesting to see what the uh, Romelu Lukaku narrative throws up as well. This could be the redemption story that you want to see, oh, Sam. Oh, he'd love it. And, like, obviously I wouldn't take too much away um, from Chelsea's midweek performance against Tottenham because I thought Tottenham were pretty poor. But I can't see Chelsea winning this game. I think City yeah. are going to do it.
1: Just on that, yeah, that, that midweek performance against Tottenham, uh, I'm not. Conv- I don't know about you guys, but we sort of said that obviously Chelsea were in that slump a bit the last, well, almost over a month now. Do you think? I don't think they're out of that still either. I know they got the win against Chelsea, and they've got you know a couple of results, sort of half results here and there. But I still think they're not playing at that. They're still second, but I feel like they're not playing at that. Um, and Liverpool are very similar, I guess, in that that sense. But yeah, they're just they've dropped off like a normal team would at this stage of the season. For whatever reason, and Man City are just staying on that same level, so they're just dropping further and further back.
0: Yeah, they've only won one of their last six games in the league, Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, so like exactly. that's, that's a pretty poor form line.
2: And they're still above they, Liverpool. They had some uh long injuries throughout their midfield. And I mean, like uh in Kante can't seem to stay fit, and he's sort of in and out with injuries, uh Jorginho was injured for a while. Kovacic was injured for the longest out of the three, I think. And they've recently got Jorginho and Kovacic playing a bit more together, I think. But then, And they had Kante there as well, and then he's injured again. And so that's probably um, that sort of, I guess, in and out, like not having that consistent midfield is um, seems to be hurting them quite a fair bit, which, I mean, it would for any big team. But, yeah, for them especially, the way they play. So that's definitely not helping them.
1: Um, yeah, Because really, that's really the core of their team, I think, too. Obviously, the defence is a big big factor for them, but it starts a lot from that midfield. So, yeah, having those three consistently in there is big for them. Um, but, no, I don't, I don't see Chelsea, yeah, I, I wouldn't say coming close, but I don't think that they can win this one or even get a draw, to be honest, with the way Man City have been playing.
0: There's, there's an outside chance they could hold out for a nil or draw here, like just batting down the hatches. They'll try just, that for sure. Yeah, I just can't. I just don't see. I just don't see enough in Chelsea right now to be able to push City, and I feel like City have got like even the smashing everyone. You almost feel like they have another gear as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's scary. Which,
2: which is unfortunate for those around them. Yeah, yeah. It, it's very hard to bet against City at the moment, uh, especially and they're also at home as well. So that huge supporter group, about twenty five people, will be very loud in the stands.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, I'm looking forward to hearing from their fan.
1: Yeah, almost as many as uh, the Chelsea travelling fans. (laughs) Those COVID protocols will be in full effect. Yeah, that's what it is.
2: (laughs) All righty. Now I won't. We won't sit on this game for too long. But I just wanted to pose a question to you: you Norwich City versus Everton this weekend. If Everton lose this, does Rafa get sacked? Because we just talked about how bad Norwich were, and you know how poor they're looking and Everton we all know are not having a good time and Raffers, it hasn't been too much talk about him losing his job but surely this has got to at least get the conversation going
1: yeah I reckon especially to Norwich I think that's the big thing here if they did lose I reckon a draw wouldn't be a great result either but yeah if they lose this one it at least definitely kickstarts that conversation about and eh, maybe he's not the man for the job maybe he's not what he used to be etc cetera, etc cetera. so um yeah, they got to get a win here, no doubt.
0: Barney, if Norwich win this game, they'd only be six points behind Everton.
1: Yeah, exactly. Which so, is crazy. Uh,
0: yeah, you'd, you'd almost have to start the ball rolling, wouldn't you? And be like, something's fundamentally wrong here.
1: Start
2: putting it through HR. Start the process.
1: <laughs> yeah, start, start the, the process, break. yeah. It's a, it's a six-month uh, performance management out of the club at these six. days.
2: 6 months performance management. <laughs> Give him a few written warnings first, at least. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's jump forward to Burnley versus Leicester City. So this is a Burnley that will be without Chris Wood. So we should see a fair bit of Ashley Barnes and maybe Vidra up front. Um, and a Leicester team who cannot seem to string any good amount of perform- consistent performances together. Josh, what do you, you think is going to happen in this one?
1: Uh, yeah, speaking of Leicester's performances, just having a quick look at their form, guys. Uh, win, loss, win, loss, draw. I reckon they're due for a win this week round. And against the uh, woodless uh, Burnley, I think they'll get the job done. Um, and it'll be one of those blowouts like 4-1 or something where Vardy just shows up and just bangs a bunch in. So uh, what do you guys reckon?
0: Barney, is there... um? Has there been any talk on Reddit about like a tribute between the two clubs for Chris Wood? Because obviously Chris Wood's a Leicester City legend, and also he's been a, he's been a stalwart for Burnley for they're a long period.
1: Doing yeah. a full minute of of applause at the start of the match with a photo of Chris Wood up on the big screen. Saying, what's his what's his number in that minute? They're going to
2: applause for a minute. Nine, nine played, minutes. Yeah, he's number <laughs> nine.
0: Played, <laughs> played fifty three games for Leicester and one hundred and forty four for Burnley. So maybe show some respect. Um, but uh, but Burnley their form line looks absolutely terrible for this one too. Um, and Leicester, you just honestly. I don't care what the form guide says. I don't care what anyone says, but like you just have no idea what they're going to do on any given day. Burnley, like, I don't know, Burnley's last two games have been 3-1 defeats. They lost in the FA Cup to Huddersfield as well, so it doesn't look particularly good for them. And then there's just a bunch of draws preceding that. So I feel like they might be able to snatch a draw here just because Leicester have got so many defensive woes as well.
2: well Job- Jobby, you say you can't track Leicester's form, but the only guarantee there is is that whatever the last result was, it will not be repeated. Yeah. So I believe the last result was a win. I think so. That means they cannot win this game. So it's either going to be a draw. I think or it was a, a win draw. For Burnley. I'm looking at that right. I'm. I can never track how these these. Four I think it goes go. from right to left. Yeah. No, so Leicester
0: beat Watford four one in the FA Cup, and they also oh, okay, on the, the 29th Cup. of December they defeated Liverpool one 0 So. Was uh, it the Josh, last league he, match? He'd
2: expunged that from his memory, I believe. Yeah, yeah no, the le- I don't league, match,
0: league match was a 1-0 defeat of Liverpool. Um, but they did, they did beat Watford quite handsomely in the FA Cup on the 9th of January. And it's also oh, had no. that COVID thing. I don't know. Like, I haven't been able to get a gauge on whether teams that go into the COVID protocols, where they come out like – because if you don't get COVID, you've basically got like a seven-day rest, I imagine, to like mm. recharge. But then they don't necessarily come out better for it. And yeah, then obviously the players with COVID probably aren't better for it.
1: Depends so, on the I team. Yeah, yeah. It's well, been that,
0: tough. It's been particularly tough for Leicester. It feels like that. It just like their games keep getting cancelled. Well, more than only, what's injuries. actually
2: worse is only teams worse than Leicester really is Burnley, who've only played seventeen games, and everyone. At, I mean, City and Chelsea played twenty-one games, so they're four yeah. games behind the leaders in the in the, uh, in the table. But they remember Burnley had their game against Tottenham postponed as well because of the snow. Yeah, so it was like. They got that postponed, and then it started all the COVID stuff, and they just happened to be playing all the teams that were going into COVID protocols. They yeah. They went, I think, three weeks or something without playing a game.
0: All right, I'm changing. I'm changing December. my prediction then to postponement. <laughs> that
1: is a <laughs> yeah, good chance of that yeah. one happening. they would barely be pushing for it, I'm sure they have those five games in hand come the end of the season be real handy can't wait.
0: <laughs> yeah can't wait till the last day of the season everyone's playing off at the same time and Burnley have got five more games
1: in one day <laughs> they have to play them come out with uh, 12 right. out of 15 points to stay up
2: all, all righty, let's move on to Aston Villa versus Man United Stevie G's gonna look to get one over those what are you, you, Red Devils uh Dogs. Jabba, I'll, I'll give you a bit of writer response here first. Have United sorted themselves out? I saw Ronaldo during the week said he's not happy about competing for sixth or fifth or fourth. He said it's top three or nothing. So is he he's paving the way for his way out of the club already?
0: No, no, he's not. He's getting a big fat paycheck. Um, <laughs> no, I think I I feel like it was a bit of a a bit of a call to arms for the younger players because I think he's come in. He's seen a, a few things that like he hasn't, hasn't been too happy with. But I feel like that needs to be caveated with the fact that it's, like, it's not coming from anyone. It's coming from a player who scored like 1,000 goals and will go down as one of the greatest players in history. So it's not as though it's someone like chucking a tantrum. It's like a guy who has the highest standards in football saying these are the standards that the club need to be adhering to, and here's what it was. like. Granted, the type of player and the mentality of the players change, but like I think if anyone's qualified to say what he's saying, it's probably him
1: yeah in the world i'd say cuz imagine like obviously he's like got one of the best work ethics out of like any player ever and that's kind of what's helped make him what he is and so you think about when he was say you know 18 19 20 21 in united like sort of the work he would have put in you know after hours and at training and things like that and then imagine what it's like to see the similarly aged players these days and like what they're putting in and he'd see that and i'd love to see the comparison of what they're like compared to him whether they're just like You know, going home playing Fortnite all day, or not like you know he'd be up till like two AM in the morning in the gym training with weights on his feet like Mm. all the time, sort of thing. He's just like wouldn't stop, and so he's probably like, "We got to find a middle ground here." You guys are just gonna you got to work harder, like you know. Yeah, and I think what's
0: interesting what's interesting about that as well is that I feel like he wouldn't say that unless it wasn't targeted at someone or a group of people. I. I don't Pogba. know. No, I don't think it's Pogba. Pogba's come back from injury. Um, if I was to have a stab, I reckon it could be Jaden Sancho, Marcus Rashford, Mason Greenwood. Yeah. And Marcus Rashford potentially would be the – just based on what you're seeing from him right now, that might – but he, he seems to be quite like well balanced off the field in a sense. But, yeah, I, just don't, I think he's trying to like give him a nudge to say focus on football more.
1: Yeah yeah yeah. I feel
2: uh, I feel fair. I feel like if anyone's uh distracted by their off-field um endeavors like Marcus Rashford you'd sort of give him a pass because he's probably trying to put food on the table yeah. for kids who, who can't eat. So, but,
0: but it's important you've got to remember that you like. And I don't know I'm not saying stay in your lane. Like I'm not one of those types of you know stay in your lane type of people. But I'm like a, you, you are. You Yeah, so. but you are where you are because of the football that you play. So you need to keep playing football at a high level to be able to do all those wonderful things you're doing off the pitch that you want to do. Yeah,
1: especially so like, you
0: can't put your cart before your horse.
1: Yeah, and you can like say you retire at 34 or something, and you've got. So many more years to then, if you've had a good career, do those things for like the rest of your life, which is is great. It's just like, yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, he's he's still very young, so he's probably trying. Yeah, yeah, to, he's yeah. probably
2: trying to find the balance still between like how much he can do off the field, between and then still maintain that high level on the field. But yeah, I guess it's uh, at least he's doing a uh, something benefiting a lot of people off the field for sure. Yeah, yeah. and
0: I think it's just it's um, easier to jump on a bit right now too because he's what is he twenty three, Marcus Rashford. And he's just – he's in a bit of a slump. And I think, as you said too, Barney, people forget yeah. how young he is because he was thrust into that team so young and he was basically responsible for Bruno Fernandes for like – he was responsible for Manchester United. Like if Marcus Rashford had to play well for Manchester United to win. So like he is, is going to have some slumps and he's still very young, but he, he was very poor during the week.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. Um I think Jaden Sancho probably falls into that. I think, yeah, like you said, he's probably definitely a target of that sort of statement. Um, Back to the result overall, though. I reckon Aston Villa are going to get this one. Not just because I'm a fan of Stevie G and I hate Manchester United, but just with the, the moves Villa have been making and some of the more recent results. Well, not the last couple, but uh, previous to that, since Stevie's been there, some of the results and the way they've been playing, I think, was the biggest one for me when they played against Liverpool. It's like they look different. They look confident, so... Uh, depends. It depends. That's the thing. Again, it depends how United come out on the day. They can be a bit hot and cold depending on the day like Leicester. Uh, but I think Villa's more consistent performance will will sort of catch them off guard a bit. It's Ozzie, a when
0: When are Manchester United hot? When was the last time you saw that? Uh,
1: oh, like... Maybe twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. Yeah, yeah. I think I just graduated high <laughs> when, school, so yeah.
0: When did when did Michael Owen retire? Um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you, Halsey. I was really unimpressed with Manchester United during the week against Villa. Relatively unimpressed with the second half against Burnley. I thought Villa were far and away the better side in the FA Cup game, but just didn't get the result. Um, just from an early goal from Scotty back. Yeah, I just think it's still work in progress at Manchester United, and I, I genuinely worry that they might turn this around, Villa.
2: Yeah, what do to you what do you make of um, Ragnick's comments saying that uh, they've, when they have changed to a diamond in the midfield and they bought Donny on in that game, and he said they started to control the midfield, and that, that that's what the United need to do. They need to control the midfield against these teams. Um, what do you make of that? And do you think he, he's actually going to continue doing that or is he just going to go back to what he's what he's been doing and not play Donny? I
0: don't, I don't know. I don't think he's tactically inflexible. So he may do that. Um, but it's absolutely correct because against Villa, as a good example, like they absolutely slaughtered Manchester United with possession and just pulled them apart. Um, and like it does seem a little bit like you can see that they've sort of taken the, pil- the part of the philosophy where he wants to move the ball forward fast, but it, like kind of with like a reckless abandon. So they're just like yeah. basically ping ponging it, and you can see a lot of that, and that's why they're getting exploited. And like Harry McGuire's not the fastest bloke in the world, so you don't want him playing that type of ball. Um I I think I think he'll go back to the 4 2 2 thing because he seems to like that. But it is good to have the option. I just can't see him starting Tony Van to Bake.
1: Oh man. The poor bastard.
2: <laughs> no, it seems it seems inevitable that he will be on the bench again. Apparently a bunch of uh keyboard warrior fans were were tweeting off at him going, oh, yeah, you say this and you're still going to put him on the bench come the weekend. So oh, what's the point?
0: There was a thing during the week, Eric Bay might go to AC Milan. And I think Eric Bailly is the best footballer in the world when he's not playing.
1: Uh, what's that?
0: People think he's way better than what he oh, is. Oh, yeah, he's not a great player. Play on the play field. And they're like, Oh, yeah, they're like, Oh, if he was there. Like he'll go and he'll make a couple of like highlights, real blocks, but it like fundamentals of his football, like in his defending yeah. way, rushed out of lines, he'd be impossible to play with and everyone's I like, think, Oh, he's the best. It's not good.
1: It, and even if he plays with a good defender next to him, not that he has, he'd um he doesn't seem like it can listen to any communication. Like nothing sinks that goes in, like the way he moves out of position so much. No one would be telling him to do that. It's just, yeah.
2: Joe, are you saying that because fans were up in arms about him leaving or because you just can't believe he's getting linked with like a big club?
0: No, because fans were like, "Oh, we're letting our best defender go, and he's you know he's oh, a beast a, and all this." And it's honestly, call. it was it, it triggered me that because I was like, "He like how do <laughs> how do people forget like in the same period of time like Harry maguire has got a couple of high high profile errors, Eric Byers heaps in the same like in less yeah. games in the same amount of time. You're like, hang on, don't just forget all these mistakes he makes like."
1: It seems to, like, when he does get a start, it seems to be some sort of error every start. Yeah,
0: and or oh, he starts until he makes, like, a horrendous error, which isn't very
1: long.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I reckon it's
2: because, you know, when he first came in, he was starting a fair bit, and he was actually playing fairly decently, like, when he first moved to United. And then he might have got injured, I think, and he was out of the squad, and he came back in, and that's when all the errors started. Or he, he might have made a couple in there, but he was playing pretty well outside of that. And I think that's all a lot of the fans remember, is that, like, his start was good. And so they're like, oh, yeah, he was a really good defender. He's just, you know, having a few mishaps. But I think it was just a bit of a flash in the pan at the start there. All righty. Let's move on to the next one here. West Ham United versus Leeds United. So West Ham, after their big win yesterday against Norwich, have moved into the top four again. uh, Three wins in a row for them. Leeds have stopped the rot. They've got one win in their last game. They Managed to get one finally. Uh, But they are still very much down the bottom of the table. Is this pretty much straightforward for West Ham and they'll be able to notch their fourth win in a row, Josh?
1: Yeah. No, I don't think Leeds have even slightly stopped the rot. I think that's going to rot out the whole season and they're going to be lucky to stay up. Um, So, yeah, I reckon West Ham with their current form and just the fact that they're a better team overall are going to do this one pretty comfortably, similarly to how they did against Norwich, I'd say. Yeah, it always
2: this like teams like Leeds when they come against West Ham. I feel like uh, David Moyes is just licking his lips, but seeing a team that's gonna a an average team that's gonna try and be on the front foot and press and get exposed, and he, him and Antonio are just like rubbing their hands together. Can't believe their yeah. luck. Um, I think it's like yeah, it's made for a West Ham win, um, and I think yeah, they will be far too strong. For uh, those Leeds boys.
1: That's what I don't get about Leeds. Like they've they've had this play style and when they came up, everyone's like, Oh yeah, Leeds United back in the Premier League, so good. They there's such like Bielsa plays this free-flowing style of football, really attacking and high high pace, and they might win the league. And I'm like, All right, cool. And then so they're still playing that style, even though everyone's cottoned on and they don't seem to be able to play it at the same level. But it's just like that like fast pace, throw everything forward like go 100 miles an hour, but they don't have the skill to do that. Like they can't string two passes together. They're going at slow pace. So then if you speed that up and have a team pressing you, they just turn the ball over so much. It's so hard to watch. Yeah. It's probably the
2: the major downfall of Bielsa is that he is uh, very rigid and he believes that's how football should be played. So if that means you're going to take a loss, you're going to take a loss, but you play the way that he wants you to play.
0: It's exciting, but it is very exciting. Yeah, oh, it's, it's it's
2: good to watch from both both teams' perspectives. Very interesting. Your team's always got a chance when you play in Leeds, which is which is good. Yeah, yeah. Support Tottenham. So,
1: your Job, you tip in West Ham as well, I assume?
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't think like I. I can talk myself into liking the way Leeds play, but I can't talk myself into them stopping Antonio Bowen and co on the counter. Yeah, so yeah. I think I think West Ham get it done.
2: It's more Bowen now these days, isn't it? Antonio's dropped off, and Bowen's really Whoa, uh, stepped up. Whoa!
0: What's your up. mouth, matey? Um, <laughs> Bowen Bowen's in a bit of a hot streak, but Antonio's still the man. The only reason they're where they are is because he's finally not injured.
2: Yeah, yeah, this this is true. All righty. next one here: Liverpool versus Brentford. Uh, now we remember that the last time these two faced off; it was a thrilling three-all draw down in London. So. Josh, I know you're missing some players through Afcon, some big players. You guys will be all
1: right for this one, or I think they're mainly mainly at the top end of the field where we're missing those guys. So I think we we'll, can be okay because I don't think defending is necessarily Brentford's strength. Um, but then again, on the other end of the the spectrum. Um, we sort of struggled against them last time because they seem to score goals that are real scrappy goals, like those second, third efforts when the ball gets half cleared or, or a sort of, not a perfect clearance and sort of bobbles around, they, they sort of capitalize on those pretty well. And so I, that's sort of where Liverpool are always vulnerable anyway. So to play, to be vulnerable in that respect and then play a team that capitalizes on that, I think is going to be always a difficult thing for Liverpool to not leak a goal or two. I'd like to see a clean sheet. And I think if Liverpool can, can focus on that at the back mostly, then they'll, they'll have enough up top to to snag a goal or two. Uh, what do you reckon, Job? So you're smirking a bit?
0: Yeah, I reckon it's going to finish nil all. Just putting That'd it out suck. there. Really, ta- right. really taking a risk here, but I think it could finish nil all, and I would love to see it. I could okay. see that. <laughs> yeah, no mana, no mana. Combine them. No mana, no Um Fire and blanks against a 10 man Arsenal thus far. I don't know. Tough time, mate. Yeah, writing's on the wall, isn't it? I would lo- I would honestly <laughs> love it so much if Brentford pinched a goal and beat you one nil. But I I, 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 genuinely could see it finishing the law, just because that, like, having those two players out, like, it's just such a big loss. Even like Jota, obviously playing phenomenally, but Firmino and Jota doesn't quite strike fears into the like, nah. fear of the team same way that Salah and Mane does. So, I'm going to tip a draw here. Yeah,
1: fair, fair, fair.
2: That's I'd, it. I'd, yeah. That's f- I, I I could definitely see a nil all draw. I don't see Brentford scoring, but I could definitely see a, a nil all draw happening.
0: That's how that's how a nil all draw has to work,
1: like neither of the sides <laughs> I didn't see Brentford scoring <laughs> in the last game they bagged 3, so. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I, I do
2: think Liverpool will, will sneak across the line with this one, maybe with like a 1-0 a 2-0. Yeah, you're right. The the line lines not what it has been because those players are gone, but um I think they're still good enough to get over the line. Maybe Jimmy Milner cutting in on that off that right wing onto his third yeah. left.
0: Short turnaround for Liverpool too, isn't it? Like yeah, they're playing three days. now, and then they've got to play again on Sunday evening. Like that's very short turnaround. Yeah, Monday. So. Evening.
1: See if there's any squad rotations Welcome. in
2: there too. I guess. Welcome to the Europa Conference League, boys. <laughs> Alrighty. And the last one here is the North London derby Tottenham versus Arsenal. And before I get your guys view on this, I think uh, at the moment I view Arsenal and Tottenham are almost at the same level at the moment. Like they're both, they're both like putting in some good performances. They're both definitely improving teams, but like they can still get absolutely slapped around by a big team. So I think it's a very interesting game and it it could go either way, honestly. I don't know who's going to win. Tottenham at home gives me more hope. But how do you boys think it's going to play out?
1: I would have tipped a a a red card for this one as well, but he won't be eligible now, I believe. So uh, I'm going to have to withdraw that uh, prediction. But I kind of agree with you a bit there, Barney, in that both teams are, yeah, I guess you'd say trying to improve and getting a little bit of Result from it, like not like their their improvement plans aren't going perfectly, but they're they're on the right trend, um, as the form guide would would suggest as well. So it's a tough one to pick. I don't know. Um, my gut wants to say Arsenal are going to edge this one out. I'm sorry to say that, but uh, I could also see this one being a draw. What do you reckon, Job?
0: Yeah, I I think. It's hard because obviously the Conte type Tottenham, they're fairly like difficult to break down. But I do like the Arsenal forwards. Like I like this Saka, Martinelli, Odegaard combination. I don't know if Tottenham like with Davison Sanchez back there, I feel like there's always a chance. Um, like and those those players run that, yeah, and he's kind of a little bit rash. So I think that they might be able to exploit it. And I feel like at the other end of the pitch, Arsenal's probably better equipped to handle Tottenham. But I think like obviously Harry Kane is the best and Son is um, very good, but with Sun being out, I think that's just too big of an obstacle to overcome for Spurs. So I think Arsenal are going to win.
2: Yeah, right. I actually, I I agree with your point on Sanchez. He can be rash, but in the last probably month, he's been, I reckon, almost our best defender, probably the best defender. Like, mm. he's definitely uh, thriving a bit in this system and with obviously Conte's um, in his ear a lot and teaching him a lot, but. Yeah, it's been good to see him have a little bit of a, you know, resurgence from where where he was where yeah, whenever I saw him in the team previously, I was very worried that he was going to be sent off or make some rash decision. He gave away a lot of penalties in his, yeah. in his career.
1: That's what comes to mind when yeah, you mentioned that he was he if he starts, I picture straight away he's going to bring down Martinelli. Martinelli's going to cut in, run at him, get inside the box and he's just going to chop his legs down. Um yeah, so like He's gonna make a few good tackles, his confidence will be high, and then he'll go for that last one and just, just not quite get it right. But uh, yeah, you're right. I think with Conte's system and yeah, he's bit of bit more hands on coaching, probably helped like control and give him more guidance, which he desperately needs.
0: Is Gabriel suspended for Arsenal?
1: Uh he is he still? He might be. Oh yeah. Nah, uh,
0: that might change that might change things for me. For the yeah, red card. That was in the, last, been, was in yeah, the last game, was it? For the red it? card yeah. against
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because no, he's no. been
0: very good um, for Arsenal. And he, he was the man good, I was sort yeah. of relying on to um, stop Harry Kane, outside of Harry Kane himself, obviously, to stop Harry Kane from scoring. Um, <laughs> In his own form, yeah. <laughs> yeah, his own form and ability. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That could change things definitely if he's still out. I'm not sure. But um, yeah, I still, uh, I still think Arsenal should have enough.
2: Josh, you'd be hoping that Harry Kane comes into some sort of form, right? Judging on that prediction we changed last episode. Yeah, was that... uh, What did I change mine to? Let me have a quick look. You changed yours to Harry
1: Kane to get uh, double figures in the league. Yeah, well, we're just past halfway mark of the season. He seems to be coming to some quote-unquote form where he seems to be scoring every other week. Uh, So... He could. He, he, I don't think he's going to blast through that that threshold, but I reckon he might scrape into ten ten goals. That's why I said it.
0: He'll bag, he'll bag a hat trick against like Norwich and Burnley, and that'll get yeah, him over yeah, the line. Yeah. And then exactly. go missing in any important game.
1: He That's does, why it was a weird he, event. He does
2: love a final day hat trick against a whole city. So you never know. He'll get.
0: He'll get Burnley in that fourth game of the Royal Rumble and just absolutely hammer him. <laughs> yeah, they're all fatigued.
1: <laughs> the Royal Rumble. Ashley Barnes has played for three hundred and sixty minutes straight. Oh,
2: God. All right. That is it for the preview. Uh, so, Job, I'm assuming no emails, mate? Oh, no. <laughs>
1: Shaking the head.
0: Um, so, if you want to get some Facebook, Football Pod on Paper, Instagram, Football on Paper, Twitter app, Football on Pods. Thanks, lads. Enjoy the Chelsea City game.
1: Yeah, we will do. We'll chat to you guys soon.
0: Some Man City fan apparently slugged him.
1: Oh, I like Jeremy. Shh. It was a direct attack at you Like you look every bit 30
0: He'll be killed by a number of men in the dugout
1: Watch watch rumbles on Pina colada, large one